So one of the um, skills that a Buddha talks about is the skill of enjoyment. Um, one of the kind of revolutionary, sometimes criticized aspect of his teaching in, in the milieu of the Samara community was he taught pleasure. And uh, so people didn't like the sound of this. <laughs> but uh, that's that's part of the Buddha's teaching, his teaching of pleasure. Um, it's called, uh, it's pleasure that's nisamisa, uh, um, you have two kinds, samisa and nisamisa, literally it means something like samisa uh, means conjoined with the senses, so the external senses, in other words we're uh, taking our pleasure dependent upon sight, sounds, touch, taste, fragrance, etc. And nisamisa means it's not, it's purely internal. So this was the kind of the pleasure that the Buddha recommended, because then you can carry it with you wherever you go, and you can you can develop it to the point where the the external conditions become um, less of a problem, less of a burden. So this uh, nisamisa, this is through meditation. Mm. So remember that just having that attitude of. Uh, uh, the inclination that is skill of feeling, isn't it? Skillful feeling. What is it that feels? Body feels, and then the heart, mind feels. The chitta feels. So, fundamentally, the quality of uh, the samadhi comes around through this uh, enjoyable mental or heart emotional physical feeling, mm, subtle but uh, steady, stable physical feeling. And the attitude that we bear in mind is the inclination towards that, towards uh, feeling good in our body-mind. So this is where this uh, powerful intentions or attitudes, inclinations towards uh, uh, well-being, towards goodwill, goodwill towards oneself and towards others, to others as to oneself, so that we abide in a domain, an atmosphere of friendliness and goodwill towards ourselves and towards others. Goodwill is the quality that wishes to impart happiness, to, to recognize it. Karuna, or compassion, is the, is the attitude that wishes to stave off or ward off or dispel unhappiness. Recognizes the quality of pain or sorrow and wishes to Keep that away, push it away, release it, be with it.
And uh, then mudita is the quality when we can enjoy the very sense of goodwill, purely in itself, enjoyment. And upeka is the result. The mind is independent, it's serene, it's even, it's not thrown around, going up and down, equanimous, because it's got this foundation very firmly established result of uh, the general attitude of goodwill towards oneself and towards others. So feeling, the feeling base is two kinds, the physical and the psychological, emotional, heart, heart, mind, two are interconnected. And uh, so naturally the Buddha recognize that the physical feeling itself can be uh, problematic because normally our our sense of body is turned out towards what we can touch and we can get our hands on physical stuff sexuality becomes a big problem so that when we try to close down that door that outgoing tendency one of the big uh, in perpetual difficulties is closing down the body altogether. So you always want to remedy that by bringing in this sense of full body awareness to, so we're not closing down this source of pleasant feeling. We're just directing it, re-channeling it into breathing in, breathing out, to breathing through the muscles, the sinews, Breathing through the tightness or the jitteriness, breathing through the dullness, the, st- the staleness, checking out the throat, the chest, the arms, the sockets. So the whole whole of what could be experienced as body becomes uh, suffused, and that attitude itself is already one of kindness. So kindness is not a sentimentality. It's just the attitude of inclining towards goodwill, to feeling good, to one's into oneself. What will bring that around? So this is less a sense of getting something happening, you know, which is. Uh, particular intention to achieve a result and the quality of goodwill which is the, the food that's necessary to bring that result around you want to have both really but uh, what can happen is we get the interest or the inclination to get the result we don't actually provide ourselves with the food for that whereas if you do provide yourself with the food for that you'll almost certainly get the results anyway feeling comfortable and pleased and happy in oneself. This is the, this is the uh, cardinal feature for the mind concentrating or getting composed. So this is very much a, an essential.
particularly as we take the the difficult or the challenging or the hurt or the rebuffs or the whatever goes on in human life and can get very affected, wounded, distressed by that. Mm-hmm. So kindness towards oneself, goodwill towards oneself, no matter what the world is throwing up. It's not dependent, we're making it not dependent upon external forces. So I remember one time when Ajahn Sumedha was teaching Metta Bhavana, he thought, well, as an exercise, what we'll do is we'll cancel everybody's breakfast. It's an exercise in practicing goodwill. <laughs> it was a bit of a stretch for some people, I think. <laughs> but what happens, <laughs> you know, when, when the external supports of, of uh, comfort and agreeableness are not there... You know, then we actually got to rely upon, okay, you know, or that wasn't a very nice thing he said or did or she did or didn't do. Uh, And rather than just take that in and dig it into ourselves, say, well, okay, that's that's his thing, or maybe you're right, or maybe she's right, but right now you don't have to make a a complaint or criticism or something into a manifestation of ill will. Mm. See. Just looking at these things, the feeling tones we can we can uh, generate or get generated. That's because apart from the the external um, senses, also what is colloquially called our uh, ego. I think it's perhaps not accurate, but a sense of self uh, dependent upon the esteem or the or the benevolence of others, goodwill of others, or people admiring, or having my own way, or um, feeling I'm better than, or feeling I'm as good as, you know, then I feel okay, you know. Get a boost when your football team wins the cup, you know, because something one's identified with is seen as, as good, and you, so you feel good with that. And then your football team loses and you feel miserable. So the sense of our identification with things is something that we can cherish as our source of comfort, our goodwill, our feeling good, my space, doing things my way, um, you know, people agreeing with me or liking what I'm doing, you think what I'm doing is good, which certainly is nice. And that's that's great when that happens. <laughs> It doesn't always happen, though. <laughs> so then we get quite uh, <coughs> delicate, you know, and vulnerable. So what's it like, you know, to d- get something completely wrong, make a mess of something, and still experience a sense of, well, goodwill, you know? It doesn't mean we're saying everything I do is wonderful, but well, that was a pretty dumb thing to do. Okay, let's learn about that, you know. Mm. Rather than taking it in as a sort of guilt and uh, harrowing experience. 
there's actually no way to learn without doing dumb things or stupid things or making mistakes or making slip-ups. So if all those are marked with the quality of ill will, it gets very painful to acknowledge these things. I remember many years ago when I was um, early years as a monk, I, wa- I was in the sitter's practice and I wanted to, you know, the monk living opposite me, Ajahn Viridamo, or Viridamo as he was then, a very nice person, and I wanted to be helpful, so I offered to wash his the little uh, case that the bowl sits in made of wool, he'd made it himself, stitched out of yarn and patterned. So it takes many weeks to do, crocheting it. And they used to make a skill out of this, crocheting these things. And this time I was I was doing the sitter's practice, not lying down at night or day. So I was sitting up and I wanted to wash his bowl cover and give it to him before the arms round in the morning. So I washed it. Anyway, I could get it dry was to hang it in front of the some heat. So I had a fire in my room, a little coal fire. So I hung it on the on the, the guard, the safety screen around the, the coal fire and I sat there and watched it, making being mindful, awake, fully aware, keeping my eyes on it, sitting up through the night, diligent, ardent, fully aware, and it's kind of going slightly fuzzy. And waking up with this smell of burning wool, <laughs> realizing I'd, I'd completely crisped his uh, his bowl cover, which he spent weeks knitting. This is kind of black, sooty, dripping thing on the end of a piece of string. Uh, oh, you know, it's ghastly feeling. You'd done the best you could, and you wanted somebody you respect, and you made a complete hash of it. So I had this thing. Like, oh God, here we go. So I knocked on his door, <laughs> walked in, carrying this thing, and I said, "I, I have no excuse." <laughs> and he said, "I want you to let go of that feeling." <laughs> this is kind of an immediate uh, response. I want you just to let go of that feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was having tea with Tanjina Wonksa and somebody had given me these very nice couple of um, ceramic tiny little tea bowls to drink tea out of. They're, I think they're quite rare or rel- relatively rare. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was having tea with and Gina Wonkso, just before he left, his parting day, we're sitting talking and he's holding his teacup in his hand and suddenly he looks down and this thing has shattered in his hand. <laughs> there was a hairline crack on it and I guess the way he's holding it, it thing completely broken. And I said, well... I think it was waiting to go, Gina Wonks. It was waiting to go. Please don't hang on to that. <laughs> you 
You know, there's things we can get. Life sometimes does that to us, doesn't it? You know, trying to do something really well, and you particularly trying to do somebody a favour, and you make a mess of their <laughs> their room or <laughs> or their coffee or whatever it is. Mm. So how not to in, now to recognise? You know, if we have made a mistake, oh well. Mm. Or if some, or if you, you know, point something out without feeling of ill will, just something seems wrong. This becomes so one can actually make uh, a critical observation without ill will, and that's one of the skills of what's called admonishment. How to just try to make something clear, because you want another person to to learn something. And this is very important to oneself. Where are the places where we lose mindfulness? Where we get blurred? What causes it? You know, if that realization is always going to be uh, tagged with blame and punishment and so forth, it's not going to be a very fruitful process. We don't want to do it. But if there's that sense of, you know, wishing to see the errors or the mistakes or the blurs or the, you know, places where our mindfulness, our attention, our skillfulness is drooping or slacking off, then, oh, as the Buddha said, this is great, great benefit. This is great uh, good fortune to see a transgression and to, to witness that. And then this is where you learn how to, how to get it ready so that you get a good result. The idea is that through recognizing where one's mindfulness is slipping, getting a good result, you're going to feel better. So that process of development, correction, you know, and the important attitude behind it is, is goodwill. And with that comes the recognition, of course, part of that is the understanding of anatta. There's no, not self. What we do is not self, it's conditions and causes, impulses, intentions, mixed up with elements of confusion or distraction or preoccupation or pressure or impatience. Okay, so, so, anatta. And so the obstacle is this sense of self. That means we're always defensive or vulnerable or fragile, identified with our actions, our thoughts, our bodies, identified with other people's responses, or want something from other people, to make our sense of self feel settled and okay. This is all uh, samisa, associated mm, with external sense. It's also associated with this uh, sense of self, attachments to, to things. What gives us this, this fragile sense of feeling okay? And really the 
best way to feel okay is, is to make a hash of it and recognize that's okay. That was a learning experience. And going through that a few times so you get used to that process of, dang it, there it was, oh well, what was that? And inquire, how did it happen? And, you know, so we're, this is the way that we can develop. A lot of uh, some of the life is centered around this. Our sense of sangha is is uh, this quality of goodwill. So even when there are disputes in sangha, you always see in the suttas of the Buddha, the person is still addressed as the venerable so and so, you know, and giving his chance to speak. And you know, do you see this? Make amends. It's never a. It's not. Vinaya is not here for punishment, but for mirroring. Protocols and procedures here are not for uh, criticizing, fault-finding, or being um, perfect, but they're there for mirroring. Where do we get, how come I'm late all the time? That's interesting. What do I do? I underestimate, or uh, how much time I need, or I get distracted and pick up something I don't really have time to do. Hmm? Things like this. You say, hmm. What's that? So we get a way of looking in. So as we try to establish that as a general atmosphere and domain in which we live, and then bringing that into our own heart, body, into our own karmic expressions, the feeling of defensiveness or fragility, Vulnerability, because our our sense of okayness is not very firm. Things we uh, feel inadequate about, feel we're not as good as, feel we should be. So all these that are identified with, that are identified with, do not become. Um, places where we are eager to correct but become places where we just feel bad. So identifying with the hindrances and the the obstructions is a sure way to perpetuate them. Sometimes under, under wraps, of course. Denial. The fundamental trust in in truth, in the our basic intelligence. Ignorance is something that's conditioned in. It's not a fundamental factor, it's a conditioned factor. Ignorance and uh, tanha, craving and aversion, these are all conditioned in. Though we can there is an intelligence that can witness that. Witness at least we witness the first of all the more obvious aspects of it, grasping and reaching out the sourness, the guiltiness, deceitfulness, 
trying to protect one's self-image. But this basic in basic intelligence mm-hmm. if we uh, trust that in ourselves, so all our confusions and desires are really maladaptions or confused ways to bring around well-being. Whereas intelligence, clarity is the way to bring around, well, is the proper way to bring around well-being. So when the mind is, is clear, it's happy, it's benevolent, it's virtuous, it has a sense of moral sense. So these fundamental senses of virtue, Peacefulness and truthfulness, that is the, that is the basic, you know, is what the Buddha returns to, that's the Buddha awakens to, it's very fundamental. And our attempts to, when these are not in line, then our attempts to find happiness can make us go soft or cut the corners on virtue or cut the corners on truthfulness a bit deceitful or a bit covered up or defensive. Our attempts to be truthful can lose the sense of virtue. We can be harsh, not, not, not gentle, not clear, but harsh and judgmental. Our attempts to be virtuous can be true, or harsh and judgmental. So where does it all come together? It's the experience... The sense of uh, anatta, not self, qualities of, of kindness, well-being, and this clear, perpetually clear, perpetually clarifying moment of the time, bringing ourselves back into the source in the, within the body-mind, this source of bright, steady energy. To enjoy, the skill of enjoyment is to move towards resting what is needed to, to get the, the uh, system to come into a rest where it can be appreciated. Some of this will be to do with uh, what seems to be our, our bodily energies we feel, so we feel clear and steady. Some it's to do with our emotional energies, so that there's a quality of goodwill, uh, the craving or the aversion is cleared, and it's also to do with our ways of conceiving things. 
what we conceive of in terms of aims and goals. The aim and the goal is always present, deepening, rather than something extending in time forward. We're not pushing, we're deepening and deepening. Developing quality. Quality in the present. Quality of half a inhalation, a quality of a pause between the breaths. Quality of how the body sits. Time, we're doing these very simple things time and time again to deepen the quality. And enjoying it, savoring it. If we don't enjoy it, you don't really sample and test and get the results, we don't really know. So enjoyment is part of knowledge. Enjoyment is part of intelligence. This enjoyment is not about distraction, feeding, it's about intelligence. So what you can rest in, savour, appreciate, that was definitely a good result. This is why we do, do that again. Notice what, how... Your system can be momentarily or for minutes or for periods of time quite, quite serene and bright. That's, you know, notice that. It's not all noise and chatter. The mudita, to appreciate the good, the beautiful. The more we do that, your intelligence has got some relevant marks, some relevant bookmarks. You know you've been there. Yeah. So it's transformation coming out of our set ego structures. Sometimes that's shaky, we're not doing things our way, following other people's routines, living together as a group, one sense of self independence, my way, my thing, you know, suddenly it's challenged. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, is one's well being dependent upon that? As you refine it, you're finding places where the mind gets edgy, tense, fraught, not necessarily anything we understand. There's where the healing power of uh, kindly awareness, resting it. Resting it, not even trying to change it or fix it, just resting the healing power of a kindly awareness which is inclined towards well-being. Sometimes even, you know, body will respond to that. Sweeping around your body, feeling out parts of it, and just resting in those places, breathing through them. So the attitude is part of the intention, skillful intention, skillful attitude to bring around skillful feeling, This is part of the skills of practice.